The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent, closed-cell, PE, EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadek.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to episode 133 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, this time recording from the Temple of Noise North in Chicagoland, Illinois. It's a brand new year, and my New Year's resolution is to keep bringing you quality toad water sports content in the form of a little bi-monthly dose of Audio Sunshine. You already know we have a great show in store for you today, as always, but my guest is none other than the man who revolutionized wake skating forever, Thomas Harrell. Aside from being an incredible wakeboarder, industry pioneer, and wake skater, Thomas was also the founder of the legendary cassette brand of wake skates. For those of you in the know, cassette was responsible for so many of the firsts in wake skating. I'm talking about the first wooden wake skate deck. I'm talking about the first concave wake skate, the first bi-level wake skate. Cassette, to my knowledge, were the first to add fins in special places to open up the door to even more tricks and unique slides and grinds on rails. The man, Thomas, I'm talking about, was playing chess while everyone else was playing that game where you try to get the ball in the cup which is fun, so I'm not knocking it, but needless to say, Thomas Harrell was ahead of his time. I even remember way back in the day, riders were messing around with Astro deck pads and EVA foam on their wakeboards and wake skates, but Thomas was the first guy to slap some grip tape on his board and really change everything. And, you know, looking back on it, I bet Thomas kind of wishes that our title sponsor, SeaDeck Marine Products, was around then, so maybe he would have suffered a lot less grip tape rash, if you know what I'm talking about. Well, guys, SeaDeck is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. SeaDeck is available in a variety of sizes, thicknesses, and colors, and they have a worldwide network of certified installers ready to help you design the custom kit of your dreams. And you can even try before you buy. Just check out www.cdeck.com to order your very own free sample kit complete with a huge variety of flooring solutions. Check out SeaDeck online. That's S-E-A-D-E-K dot com for durability, comfort, and incredible look and feel. Your boat deserves SeaDeck, and so do you. 
But anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, Thomas Hurrell. The man is a bona fide legend. Here's a little tidbit for you. Did you guys know that Thomas and I were neighbors when he lived on Clear Lake in Orlando, Florida? And back then I was a huge Wakescape fanatic. So it was like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles living next door to a pizza hut. It was perfect. I had a tremendous amount of respect for Thomas all the way back to his days as a wakeboarder. I remember he had some great video parts. He would always dye his hair blue and all kinds of crazy colors. He had insane style. Remembering back on those times, though, on Clear Lake, I recall hanging with Thomas at his house and being blown away by his piano playing skills. I would sit there for like hours and listen to him. He was an artist and his passion and work were seen in everything he did from board graphics and photos, his style on the water and the videos he produced, including two of my favorites, Linear Perspective and Sfumato. Those were the first two only Wakeskate only videos that I know of. The dude is just so cool and I can't wait for you guys to hear my interview with him for yourselves. But before we get into all of that, you guys know I try to provide you with quality content on a bi-weekly-ish basis and ask for nothing in return. But if you've ever wanted to give something back, you can always help this podcast gain exposure. Please listen to and share the Golden Mike podcast all across the internet. SoundCloud, Google Podcast, iTunes, and Apple Podcast. Well, while you're there, you can even leave a five-star review. Uh, you can also listen to all the episodes on my website, noiseofthenorth.com. If you're active on social media, you can follow the Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook and follow me personally on Instagram at Dano T. Mano and on Twitter at the Golden underscore Mike to stay up to date on all the latest Golden Mike news. And if I post something you like, please feel free to share it with all your friends. The more exposure we get for the show, the more exposure we get for the sport. So let's build this thing together, baby. All right, we're about to get into our interview with the one and only Thomas Harrell. We recorded this episode at his home in Redondo Beach, California. It was the first time I've seen Thomas in person in like seven or eight years. He looked great and our conversation, although slightly shorter than I wanted, was awesome. Thomas is now a father. He's in real estate and his social presence has been growing once again. His videos are awesome. Check those out. I'm so excited for y'all to hear this one. So let's get at it. And we'll do just that after this quick word to help pay the bills here on the Golden Mike Podcast. From a garage out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, to one of the most recognizable brands on the water worldwide. Roswell Marine features a huge selection of top quality marine audio equipment, board racks, and wake towers. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise, and no matter what you buy, you can buy it with confidence knowing that Roswell products are built to perform reliably from the moment you install them. They have 35 preferred dealers located all throughout the United States and Canada. Be sure to use the dealer search function on their website, roswellmarine.com, to find the closest one to you. That website again is www.roswellmarine.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano.
literally feel like I'm sitting in the uh, courtyard of what, Melrose Place here with one of the legends, Thomas Sorrell. What's up, man? Long time no see, dude. Long time, my friend. Long time. It's been a it's been too long. I don't like it being this long, and uh, yeah, I really wish we could reconnect uh, sooner. But yeah, I'm glad you're here now. It's been so cool. Been watching you on social media. You kind of reemerged a few years ago, and uh, for those of for those folks who like followed you even post your career, I knew that you had gone down to Miami for a while and you were up in New York for a while. And all of a sudden, these videos started popping up and you're a, you're a real estate agent doing real estate in a way that I've never seen it done out on the West Coast in California. Tell us a little bit about uh, what's been happening with you, dude. Oh, man, yeah. So, I yeah, like I, like you said, I went to Miami for a few years, did a bike shop, and that was, uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, and... Um, a few other things. I really like Miami. I'll always like South Florida. I'll always have like a special place in my heart for it. Um, but then, yeah, then I was kind of like sad because I closed the bike shop and uh, went. It didn't go so good. I was like, oh, this is going to be a great business. But the bike industry is kind of like the wakeboard, wake skate industry. Uh, there's not very much money in uh, doing a shop and there's barely any money in it anyways. But a lot of passion, though. Totally. You know, you, you and I, and most people probably don't know this, but we have a pretty cool history. In the past, we were um, neighbors in Orlando. And, I, and, you know, there were many, many years, um, you know, when wakeboarding first got off the ground where I was looking at you because you always did things in your own you made it your own, and uh, you, were, you were very individualistic, and, and we always appreciated that. And so it was so cool, and I moved in with Ruck, and come to find out you live like two, or, two, two roads down. Two streets away, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but you were the kind of guy, I admit, like before I actually knew you, you were kind of like, I was kind of a little bit, you know, like nervous to talk to you because you kind of had that um, persona of like this like attitude rider. You had the dyed hair. You had your, you know, it, it even though, and, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about this, even though you kind of come from some, um, like, maybe, like, more core, like, water ski back yeah. uh, or roots, but yeah. you were, like, one of those first guys who was seriously taking wakeboarding, like, like to that next level, and, and as far as, like, hey, this is its own thing, we are not water skiing anymore. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's nice of you to say. And and well, that's what that time, like, you know, during even those years, just a few years before that, you know, with the, there was a company called Wake Tech. It's a big deal. Everybody, you know, basically worshipped that company. It was Jimmy Redman, Tony Finn, uh, the guys, you know, that are Liquid Force, you know, everybody. But then uh, this was before Liquid Force. So, yeah, and at that time it was Scott and Gator. I'm sure everybody in Wake history knows all this stuff. But that was the company, and it was like, okay, well, there's like HO and Hyperlite, and then there's Wake Tech, and that was it. And it was like all the Wake Tech dudes were the coolest people on the planet. And I was like, yeah, this Scott is God, and everybody at the time, you know, everybody, you know, thought the same, I thought, you know, and so we all idolized them, and then we were like, okay, well, this is the, the dividing line. It's either you're, you know, with us or you're against us, and that's it. It's, you know, you're, I've, I don't know, in my life, I've learned that there are gray areas. I, it's really a thing I've had to learn. <laughs> it's a harsh reality, but it's true. It's not, nothing in life is usually black and white, you know, like that. But when you're, you know, a 16-year-old kid growing up idolizing these wake tech people, you know, and you're like, oh, well, they're the coolest, so... F everybody else, you know, this, it's got to be this way or no way, you know. Do you think I'm kind of on something there? Like, did you did you have that moment where you kind of were a little bit like, ah, water skiing, this is pretty 
lame compared to what we're doing. Or? Of course, you know, you're kind of, you're young and you're like, oh, you know, this, we have to make this thing different. And you have these people that are a little older than you that are obviously doing things that no one's ever done on the water before. So, you know, it, it seems like a, a natural thing to make it its own entity. It's like, this should be its own, uh, I don't know, it's, it's its own category, which it eventually, you know, it, it, it is, but at the same time, you know, it's just, it kind of, it, it was one of those things where it's a toad sport, so it's going to be involved with the other sports. And right. so, you know, kind of like trying to make it, this was the time when the X Games were just starting, and the, I'm really old, and <laughs> this is like way long time ago, but it was like, yeah, this is revolutionary. This is going to be the, the, the new football. This is going to be, this is going to replace all cool sports or whatever, you know, this is going to be wakeboarding is going to be a huge thing you know so at that time you know everything everybody's excitable and everybody's like oh well this is going to be great you know i think that a lot of people especially my listeners will recognize you and kind of put you up there as one of the pioneers of wake skating but the story goes a lot deeper than that um you you grew up from what i understand um in what is technically the water ski capital of the world in like Polk County, Florida, and, and just uh, yeah. a lake, uh, what, one lake away from Cypress Gardens? Yeah, that's right, man. You know, you definitely know. So my family had a, a ski camp, uh, and my father and my mom ran it. And, Do you uh, recall the name of it? Christian Family uh, Water Ski School, I think. And, yeah, my, my, my parents are Christians, and they're great people. They're caring. They're giving. They're wonderful people, but they... Uh, yeah, my dad has an eyesight problem and he started to go blind and it was one of those things where he wanted to, the reason why he started the camp was because he started to go blind and he moved from Tennessee, uh, where my family's originally from to Florida and he wanted to live out the rest of his eyesight having years in Florida where he could water ski because he loved water skiing. But were you guys like a traditional like three event type school or were you guys more just like getting people up behind the boat and on the water? Basically, yeah, everything except for jumping because my dad was like uh, terrified of jumping and uh, doing. It's funny that I wound up doing so many weird things on wakeboards and crazy stuff because yeah, my my parents were terrified of the idea of somebody like going off of a ramp or getting too much air and. Did you grow up watching Cypress Gardens? Of course, yeah, we lived like a, a block. Oh, sorry. One lake away, like exactly like you said. So Lake Lulu is right next to Lake Eloise, and Lake Eloise is the one that Cypress Gardens is on. So yeah, like we'd watch all the jumpers, and they do these cool tricks with the boats, the mastercrafts, and all these boats. How were you actually introduced to wakeboarding? Uh, if you can even remember that. Man, yeah, like kind of. I just remember seeing an Eric Perez board, like it was the blue one, like one of the first thin ones, and I remember trying it and being like, "This is." great this is really cool i don't know i don't know if it was kicking around my my parents camp if they had it just somebody brought it or if we took one from like the pro shop to borrow or something was your um was your dad uh one of the ski guys that was kind of like weary um or questioning wakeboarding or ski boarding as it came out (laughs) you know like like my dad even though my dad has no water ski background really that i'm aware of you know before you know like the 70s or 80s when he was taking the family out on the boat and stuff yeah he i i grew up with eric rock i was not a lot like you know when i lived yeah. i mean i would never wakeboarded when, <laughs> yeah. you, when you first met me i like at that point it was like all right well i haven't wakeboarded i'm just gonna trick ski anyways but like uh my dad had just for some reason he could wakeboarding. <laughs> isn't it funny man it's like like this is 
the the enemy or the devil or something bad is gonna come get water skiing and is gonna be wakeboarding. Like yeah. it's like, what is this evil thing? He still says to me, he's like, I don't know what my problem was, and he's like, I'm sorry, you know, it's <laughs> my bad, but whatever, you know, I I make a career out of you know through the wakeboard industry now, and it, it's all good. But what was your, what was your, your dad's thoughts on wakeboarding when it yeah, first came man. out? Yeah, man. I mean, it's so funny because like. They didn't have that problem with barefooting when that came around, and barefooting was so cool, at least, like, in the 80s. And you're an awesome barefooter. Park's an awesome barefooter. Honestly, you in the Feet on Fire, I love that event. It's the coolest thing. But, uh, and anyways, just even all throughout the 80s and all this stuff um, with barefooting, I don't know why it didn't get the vibe that wakeboarding did, you know? Like, it's kind of like... I don't know, but right, we, wakeboarding got more of like a lifestyle, you know, a, a yeah. lifestyle to it, and it and it's it's just so much more free. And even like I go back and I watch a lot of like the early wakeboard stuff and watching the tricks and the similarities to trick skiing, but then how the guys were able, like even the three event guys, the trick ski guys, like you know your Russell Gage, your Corey Picos, Picos is, yeah, your Jeremy Kovacs, Kovac, I mean, they still yeah. made they still made the tricks more unique than than trick ski tricks you know it's true it's really true i yeah i don't know why they, i guess you're right maybe the lifestyle maybe because there was yeah this uh kind of like counterculture vibe to it that everybody was like okay this this is probably not right you know this is this is not good for our kids to be around and we should probably i don't know but my dad i mean I don't know. It was weird because my dad's always been super supportive and my, my, both my parents and my entire family, they're super supportive of everything I've ever done. Uh, and it's really, it's been really, really great, but they were never like, you know, don't do that. which is, which is cool. You so know? he was out there actually pulling you on the wakeboard and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I would, I would ride really just like with the guy that was like the kneeboarder guy. And then, uh, at, after that point, I think, uh, Scott Joby, there was a guy named Dusty. There was a couple of guys, uh, this guy named Nate. There was a couple of guys that would just come around and we just ride. But, yeah, my... my They'd come down to Florida and... Like, they would, yeah, and then we, we would just, like, kind of, like, go out in the boat and, you know, wakeboard and everything. I mean, but you're living literally minutes away from some of the best, well, ski boarders at the time. You yeah. know, you have, you have Parks Bonifay who lives probably a half a mile from you. But then yeah. you got Dean Lavelle. Um, I'm sure... Uh, it was I'm, Hunter Brown. I used to ride with Hunter Brown. Sure, Hunter. And yeah, so many, so, so many of the people right there in the Pocahontas area. All those guys. I mean, they, 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 yeah, they were all there. And Parks, I grew up watching. I mean, everything that Parks has done his entire life has been watched by people. But especially, I mean, you know, I lived, like you said, so close. So I would see him and Shane. I would see them. I, just, I We would hang out, you know, at uh, different events or whatever. Whenever we'd go to the gardens, we'd see... Betty, you know, you see everybody, and were you, did you have a relationship <laughs> with Shane and Parks? Were you guys friends growing up? Yeah, I mean, we were cool with each other, but we weren't like you know best friends. Like, let's go out on the boat. Like, I don't know, uh, it was weird. It was just kind of like Zane lived a little closer because they were in um, L.A. Like Alfred, and then uh, uh, Zane lived like one lake over, and then Hunter lived like one lake over. It's like basically they were the closest to me, so then I would like ride with them more so than uh uh i don't know than than parks and shane which is i don't know it's weird because it's really not far but it's one of those things i just i don't know when when and why did you start uh taking wakeboarding serious because again like your name i I don't i can't give these specific dates to it but in the early days of wakeboarding magazine some of the earlier uh, i feel like some of the earlier wakeboarding movies too i mean you were uh, you were running around i mean i remember the full tilt ads with you and like the micker and 
Yeah, what was cool is that they, the guys from Full Tilt gave us some rain to do whatever we wanted, and Mike Weddington had a great, I don't know, he kind of like talked him into it too. Like, here, you can let us have some creative direction in the ads and some of the stuff. And so I don't know why they trusted Mike or any of us, but, you know, with the ad, with our graphics and with the, the direction of the ads and stuff, but they were so cool. Like, Kobe had this relationship with him where I guess they just trusted him so much that they trusted Mike and then somehow trusted me too. And it was, I don't know, Andrea, I mean, it was just, it was a cool time. Full Tilt was a great company. It was just, I don't know, it's one of those things like, uh, it just never really, I don't know, kind of fit in the end. It's weird. Can you talk a little bit about when you started like getting on the road and, and competing? Sure. Yeah. Um, like, uh, my, my parents would uh, come with me when they could. Usually, like, I would just go, uh, like, kind of, like, with, if I could, like, with the Wake Tech company, um, try and go, I don't know, with them. Or f- even with Randy Harris. Like, I remember Randall. Um, I, would go with, uh, I would go with them and, uh, like, go You were hanging out with him when he was Randy, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that it's weird, but, yeah, I always remember him as that. And it's, like, that's kind of just how... I remember him, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I would go, you know, try and do little trips here and there, like, uh, Chris Bischoff obviously was part of Wake Tech, and then I would try and, like, get on that big, like, Wake Tech truck with Ryan Davis and, uh, Chris Bischoff, and, you know, like, they would always be driving that thing around, so I'd be like, oh, these guys are cool, let me go with them, they would all go to all the tour stops, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll try and, I don't know, hitch a ride with them or, you know, just whatever, tag along because I, you know, they were cool <laughs> and I was trying to, trying to fit in, trying to be cool. Did you grow up as a skateboarder, did that kind of stuff, or a surfer, did that kind of stuff inspire you at all? Definitely, yeah, I, uh, I definitely grew up skateboarding and uh, it, was, it was one of those things I saw Jason Messer uh, from Freshwater Traction doing those pads and doing those foam things and I was like, you know, this is okay whatever you know i thought it was it thought it was kind of fun and scott joby and i would like go um behind the boat wake skate a little bit here and there and then for some reason i don't know i just didn't really see a lot that much potential in it i kind of for some reason i just was like focused on wakeboarding or whatever at the time but then after i think i'd moved to orlando and i'd put a mini ramp on my back house and i was skating even more and more and more than i'd ever done then i was like okay well this wake skate thing it has to go somewhere so yeah putting grip tape on instead of you know foam astrodeck and like all the hooks and everything that were around at the time i was like you know what about just grip tape and putting that on a board instead of just these foam decks. And, and what would you put on, like a like a little like uh, liquid force squirt, something small like yeah. that? Or at first, I remember just getting up behind the boat on an actual skateboard deck and being like, "This is it's like getting up on shoe skis, you right. know? <laughs> like it's like so small that you're just like, uh, this is really hard to get up on." But like, you know, I mean, you can get up basically on anything behind a boat if you really try hard enough. Sure. So, anyways, yeah. Then from that idea, that small skateboard deck. I was like, okay, well, if this board was a little bit bigger and it was like, you know, grip tape, everything, you know, and that's how cassette was born. And that's how I kind of was like, okay, well, this should be made out of wood. These boards are, you know, they're great. And the kind of like the original water skis were made out of wood. So why can't these be made out of wood? You know? So anyways, yeah, that's, that's kind of how that started. And, um, yeah, then it kind of went from there, but yeah, I just remember, 
I mean, I just remember Jason Messer doing tons of cool stuff. I remember Byerly doing tons of cool stuff on all the foam top decks, barefoot, you know, just doing three shoves and that kind of thing, that surf influence. And and even even Messer had like a skate snow influence. It's cool. Who were the guys that um, you were looking up to or being inspired by for, for the stuff you were doing? Because you were doing a lot of innovative things, I believe. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I try to do, uh, you know, some different things. But, of course, everybody looked up to Scott. And, yeah, like every, basically the ent- entire industry looked up to Scott and uh, everybody. But, you know, Eric Schmaltz and Josh Smith and all these guys that were even – Bill McCaffrey, Greg Nelson, all these guys that were doing something different, uh, you know, on their boards. You know, Chase and Staker and I would get together and ride, and, you know, it's just like uh, just looking at what what everybody else was doing and, you know, just seeing different snowboard influences and just all these cool different influences and being like, you know what, uh, but Schmaltz of all the people, like, honestly, that – brought some kind of like jib skateboard aspect to it especially those early days i was like this guy is so cool and yeah he's always he's always been that cool and it's great but yeah you know you 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 went on to and we're going to go back and talk about cassette and the evolution of the brand um but i want to talk about um some of the movie stuff that you did and there was uh, a, a video and probably probably one of my favorite movies and probably one of the most favorite movies i mean you, you can go through it and for so many people, there's so many people in that video whose parts are the parts that inspired them. And I'm talking about natural born thrillers. And I feel like that was the movie that where, um, where it was basically like, Hey, I'm just a wake skater now. Um, what was it that made you decide to completely hang up? You, You hung the wakeboard up for many, many years, even though I, I, I know there was a time in Clear Lake in Orlando, like in the mid 2000s, where you uh, got into retro riding. But yeah. but there was there was you probably went a good eight <laughs> years where you never strapped in. Yeah, man, it's it's so strange, but it was such an exciting time in wake skating that it was like, okay, what is possible? Because everything was moving so fast, and it's still moving very fast. I mean, I just kind of got caught by it and like you know when you get when you fall in love with something you just want to do it all the time and you I don't know you don't want to put it down so I just kind of like you know was like well the, the I don't know the progress and the potential in wake skating was so vast at that beginning in those beginning stages that I just didn't really want to pick up a wakeboard ever again so that I don't know yeah at that point especially yeah and developing those decks and everything the first I don't know, concave decks and then the bi-level and everything. It's just, it kind of moves so fast that, I don't know, I, there wasn't really time to do anything else. What were people's thoughts when, before the concaves came out, before the bi-levels came out, they were just bat, uh, basic flat decks. And these things, they were awesome. I mean, they yeah. were they were so cool. They they, they changed wake skiing. They really did. Uh, it, it, it made it more fun. It made it more easy. It made it more individual. Yeah. Um, but when you when you started getting the idea that hey we needed to make these a little bit longer than a real skate or than a regular skate we need to make these wider yeah. um, and they need to be wood w- yeah. what um, wh- how did people kind of take that when you went and said hey let's let's start building these and who were the first people that supported it and helped you make them oh yeah so uh, Randy Ovison from uh, Mutiny helped me uh, so Mutiny kind of folded and Randy was like uh, the backer with Schmaltz and that and I don't think that they're time there ended well 
But, uh, you know, Randy at the time was like, you know, if you still want to do something like with cassette, because I'd taken cassette to Mutiny and taken it to Schmaltz. And, you know, then it was like, we should do this, you know, like we should make did you this have plans like, for did you have plans for the flat decks or? Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, this this could be the, a really cool thing. And, you know, at that time, it wasn't the right time for any of it. So after Mutiny kind of like fell apart, then Randy was like, OK, well, here's a skateboard manufacturer that I know that uh, could build those things for you. So let's start making them. And so then, yeah, that's it was uh, media skateboards. And so, uh, yeah, then they started making them, and then, yeah. How, how were those first wood decks received? Yeah, everybody was kind of just like, what are you doing? What is this? And, and, of course, like with most things, you know, like it's wearing shoes in the water, you know, people are like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, I, you know, I was kind of like, I don't know, I was kind of used to it at least at some point there just being like, okay, I know people are going to laugh about this, but, you know, once they see its potential, it's going to be like, it's going to be really cool. And, and, and it was. Very cool, man. I know there's never a good time to interrupt an interview with Thomas Harrell, but I figured this was for an important cause. Our sport is currently at risk around the nation and all around the world. There are folks out there who are actively trying to shut ballasted boats down on waterways across the country because they feel it's ruining their lake life experience. Guys, it all comes down to education, etiquette, and empathy. We are all responsible for our own wakes, but we are not alone. If you hear of any lakes near you being threatened, the WSIA can offer you all the tools needed to help fight these battles. I recommend starting with your local boat dealer and making sure that they are WSIA or Water Sports Industry Association members themselves. That ensures that they will follow the Wake Responsibly initiative and help keep your lake safe and fun forever. You can find all the resources you need at WSIA.net and WakeResponsibly.com. That's also where you can take the Wake Responsibly compliance exam. Let's do our part and keep the sport we love thriving. Now back to Thomas Harrell here on the Golden Mike Podcast. So kind of sticking on the um, sticking on the um, videos, there's a couple of videos that kind of stick out to me. Um, decline of the water ski monopoly. Um, and, and, and I want you to maybe tell us a little bit about your role in, in some of these movies as well, because I feel like you were more than just an athlete. I feel like you were one of the guys who was kind of helping uh, conceptualize the direction of, of these films. Hot Dog, is that another one that you were? Hot Dog was Chase and uh, Staker. I mean, basically all Chase and Chris and Staker. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those guys, they say that, you know, because of Decline, they did Hot Dog and and they got into filming and stuff like that. But it's weird, you know, Danny Benzura uh, was filming, you know, all the time, doing different stuff, and I was talking to him. You know, I've always just loved filmers and, like, photographers. I love Josh Letchworth, all these guys, anybody that picks up a camera. I've always just thought it was, you know, it was very cool. It's fascinating. So I always talked to them, and then, uh, yeah, I think I borrowed a camera from Chase or, you know, uh, I can't remember who from maybe maybe it was from Schmaltz, uh, but Schmaltz was like, okay, well, I want to do this video, and so I was like, yeah, let's just do it, let's start filming it, and so I even got Scott to film for it, and it was one, you know, it was one of those things like I filmed everybody, you know, around at the time that I could, and just learned how to edit it on uh, Schmaltz's computer, 
uh, and it was like one of the early versions of like Adobe Premiere. Like so, uh, are, are you still dabbling in, in video editing? Or yeah, like I mean, it's like now it's like it's so funny. I still do like little videos for my real estate stuff. It's like uh, it's really fun. I I really like it, and I've always enjoyed it. And Staker obviously has a full film career. Chase, I mean, it's like all these guys like they all they all. Was Decline of the Water Ski Monopoly supposed to be like a slap in the face to the water ski industry? Or, <laughs> it kind of, yeah, it was, yeah, it's kind of a nod to, yeah, the decline of the Western civilization. Anyways, but uh, it, it just could, was like one of those things where, you know, the music, the all the images are just so intense and so kind of just like anti-water skiing. Right. <laughs> it just was, well, yeah. establishment in and, and established every kind of, like, uh, authority. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about some of the um, some of the early players in the wake skate game and the cassette team in general. I, I, I wrote a couple of names down from the early days: Tim Kovacic, uh, Miles Vickers, oh, yeah. uh, Drew McGuckin, a guy I ran into uh, six months ago, Cole Munster. Oh no way! You ran into yeah, him? Yeah, I ran into Cole Munster um, in Cocoa Beach. Talk about um, some of the early riders that. Um, really took on to it and that um, you were supporting through the uh, through the, the brand yeah Drew was always around so Drew was first beyond anybody I believe like because I was making boards like cutting down old wakeboards and putting grip tape on them uh, and like I'd give them to Drew I'd uh, get Chris Mack to basically draw cassette stuff on the bottom of like cut up wakeboards and yeah then I don't know. I, I gave one of them. I can't remember. I think I I gave one of them to Scott. I gave one of them to Drew. I mean, it's like they, they we had these boards floating around that were just kind of prototype, like smaller, you know, fiberglass boards. Uh, before I got the the wood thing going, and uh, Drew was always around. I mean, because Drew just he just took to it. I don't know. He li- he liked wake skating, and it was cool. He just I don't know. He was just naturally good at it. So. Uh, he was basically, yeah, first on before anybody, and then maybe Tim Kovacic, uh, because he was just, like, from Lakeland, and uh, I don't know how I really, he maybe sent, like, a tape or something um, after we were doing a few things, but we were like, this kid's young, he's good, he's a skateboarder, so obviously put him on, and then after that, I think it was Cole, and, uh, yeah, and then, then it's... It's a long time ago, but uh, it's one of those things like, yeah, the early stages, it was just kind of exciting to see what these kids were going to do, and especially kids with a more skateboard background than wakeboard and water ski background, so it was uh, it was cool. And then, yeah, later, Danny Hampson, you know, and Aaron Reed, it's just Well, like, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the, the, the then the product evolved. You went from those flat yeah. decks into the concave decks. And and I do want to talk about the evolution of the, of the team and stuff, but like first let's let's talk about the evolution of the decks, the flat decks to the concaves. When that first concave came out, I bought the 40-inch black with that white hand camera on the bottom of it. Oh, I yeah. love that super eight camera. I yeah. love that board so much. I, yeah. I'm super. Bu- I mean, I used it for a lot, waterlogged and everything. That was with me for m- many many years. My favorite board. I'm borderline need to go find another one if anybody has them <laughs> but uh, how did you come up with the the, the concave um, and how did that change wake skating yeah so just riding uh, the flat decks long enough and just realizing okay well these things are so cool the way they are the flex and the material just the the way that they kind of felt 
was so cool but realizing that if there was something a little bit better about the top to make it like more like a skateboard then you know it's such a simple thing but you know at the time nobody had thought of it so yeah of course a cnc machine will do anything so you know we basically found a manufacturer for that and um those first concave decks they were so cool um yeah definitely just changed everything and made it made it even better so i mean that yeah that was just the natural thing to to move well in then that direction. then continuing on in that evolution you came out with and 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 it's so cool because even still today you know i you came out um you came out with the double deck, um, the bi-level, you know, the, bi yeah. um, yeah. the wake skate, and, I, the and even in between the bi-level uh, and the and the um, concave, you also came up with the idea to the start putting track. nubs, you had yeah, four track yeah. boards. So I mean, there, there was so much evolution, but I, I feel like from the the bi-level to the uh, or from the um, concave to the bi-level, I mean, that was such a, a huge jump and just such a different wild idea. I mean, now you're introducing components and yeah. you know it's like a skateboard you actually get to work yeah. on your board and yep. stuff yeah we wanted to have that kind of like uh feel of you know being able to actually take something and work on it yourself and you know construct it say like different trucks or different i don't know wheels or something like a skateboard but it uh yeah i mean it was just a a really exciting time really innovative time for uh wake skating and just i don't know uh Something I'll always be proud of, something I'll always look back on with super fond memories, just being in the right place at the right time. It wasn't really a, that I'm like some kind of like uh, engineer. I'm not some kind of like inventor. I just was in the right place to have these innovations uh, kind of like available to me or, you know, being at the right time, meeting the right people. You know, Brian Dolly helped uh, develop the bi-level. Super, super awesome. Without him, it would not even have like come around and i was kind of like skeptical of it at first i was just like what is this and really do you think you know, honestly and he's like yeah let's try it and then let's, we started switching things around switching different decks like basically flex patterns and you know what was stiff on the top what was you know stiffer on the bottom so yeah it was a lot of like trial and error <laughs> well i mean it's, it obviously still works today that multiple companies after cassette was finished went on to um take that those ideas and incorporating you know, gator boards yeah liquid force and ronix all did it yeah. and still to this day um reed hansen yeah rides he still rides level with, yeah style deck yeah it's i mean honestly like i can't compare the feeling of a bi-level to a normal concave deck you just feel the flex you feel the snap of just something uh organic and uh alive like popping off of the wick it or off of any surface of water or surface of anything it's just incredibly more reactive and more responsive than a concave and it's just a feeling it's like if you enjoy that feeling and that snap of it then it's like you know that i don't know it's, it's just variety it's just giving people it variety is, it's and cool it's a different thing all right, well, Tom, I know that we uh, we only have a few more minutes here, so and um, it, it, I know we're actually going to have an opportunity to catch up um, coming up in a few months, also. So I'm I'm not too worried, but I do want to talk about um, the last two kind of subjects I want to get to before I let you get out of here is the folding of cassette and um, how that all came about and how. Uh, how that affected you yeah man I, that's a question a lot of people have you know and they're just like what ha why did that happen and you know and 
I, uh, I wish I had a better, uh, <laughs> a better answer for everybody other than just heartbreak because, uh, we had had some manufacturing problems and, uh, you know, some, some things you just can't bounce back from like warranty issues. Yeah. Once some of the buy levels and well, most of the buy levels in the first two runs, like just started breaking, uh, and we had tested them. We had like done all kinds of like, you know, R and D on these things. And we were like, like positive that they weren't going to break. So then it's like the dealers that are, you know, net 90 or whatever on those boards are like, we're not paying for these boards because they're not, you know, they broke. We, we have to warranty them. So you just get in the hole and then it's just like you can't bounce back when you only have, you know, a certain amount of money to play with. It's not like we're some huge company. So at the time, you know, it was just um, it was it was a sad thing, but I wasn't going to go get another investment, like raise more capital to kind of, you know, figure this thing out. And, and, And I was like, you know, maybe it's better if I just walk away for a little bit. And then come back to it, and I just never really came back to it. But Were you ready for a break from the industry at that point? Oh uh, yeah, you know I think it, it's just it's tough, you know, and it's like trying to make make things work, make you know make all I don't know all the ends of all the ends meet, and it's just they weren't meeting, and uh, wasn't making any money. It wasn't able to pay. Like what was really heartbreaking was not being able to pay like Aaron and Danny and you know the the people that come to depend on you right because you have this family yeah and and they've like trusted you to take care of them and you're like i can't pay you this month i can't and I, I mean the loyalty to the cassette brand across the board i remember riders who i, I would come into performance when i worked there and they didn't yeah. want to get paid by you they just wanted to be associated <laughs> with you yeah. guys like reed hansen yeah matt manzari who you did take on oh yeah I mean, matt he was the best man i mean and reed was the best i mean they were just so so nice and like we would try and get them other sponsors that could pay them you know as well, you know, to kind of make up for some of it or something, you know. When you did like, a great job with that, you brought DVS shoes in and... Tried, yeah. And uh, I think even, yeah, some boat sponsors at the time, we had Regal come in for a little bit uh, to help. And there was, like, energy drink companies. Danny was on Oakley, like, majorly, of course. And Right. Yeah. Uh, there was just tons of... Sea-Doo was a huge partner. We had tons of opportunities with lots of companies that wanted to work with us. Um, and try and get these guys paid when we were having financial trouble. But, you know, it's one of those things like I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not the best with numbers. I'm better with like, you know, design. Yeah. Others like me, I'm a creative guy. Like that's, that's, that's where I'm not an organized guy. I'm a creative guy. There you go. I mean, and, and yeah, we can't be the best at everything. That's why there are accountants and that's why there are financial people that oversee these and managers managers exactly (laughs) all right well let's close out on this man it's it's come kind of full circle for you bro and uh all of your your hard work and your efforts well i mean you know i i feel like it all goes to show in your body of work. I mean, the videos are still out there. Shumato, Linear Perspective, Decline, uh, Natural Born Thrillers. Um, But it was announced, you know, six, seven months ago that you were going to be an inductee into the 2019 Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, SurfX was canceled. The um, ceremony was canceled. They're going to make it happen sometime here in the near future. I've heard some rumors about it. But um, when you found out that you were being inducted, um, how did that feel and what does that mean to you? Oh, it's super cool. It's, uh, it's, I'm uh, super humbled, honored, like just incredibly, I don't know, 
thankful to everyone for even considering me because it's a big uh it's a big deal i mean honestly just everybody to even be mentioned in those kind of like circles it's really really cool i just uh i don't know like i really hope i can make it when they reschedule it or whatever you know and and uh i don't know just catch up with everybody it's it's a crazy thing but yeah i mean i nothing but love for everybody that's ever helped me in all the different ways thank you honestly thank rock i mean just everybody that's ever i don't know kind of like come into contact with me that's always just been supportive you know and i've i don't know i can't thank you enough and i love you all <laughs> and that's just basically that's it man i i'm i'm just I'm a very lucky guy, man. Well, we appreciate you so much, Thomas. I mean, you're uh, you're definitely an inspiration to, to so many of us in, in what we do and, and getting and being different out there, especially uh, those of us on the water and stuff. Before I let you get out of here, and again, um, listeners, we're going to get more from Thomas uh, at the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. I'm hearing rumors that it might be here on the West Coast, so hopefully oh, you'll man. be able to make it happen. But uh, before I let you go... If, I don't know if you do have any old sponsors or anybody that still supports you that you want to give some <laughs> shout-outs to, social media and just, like, general family shout-outs or, or something like that. You know, yeah, of course, I would always like to thank my family, my father, Fred, my mom, Wanda, my sister, Stephanie, their family, the Riggins. I mean, it's like everybody that's ever kind of supported me, my wife, Manuela, my daughter, Paige. Uh, we have twins now. Oliver and Isabella and uh, yeah basically uh, it's a crazy world but yeah like life does go on and yeah I, I can't I don't know I can't imagine doing what I did uh, 20 years ago now but you know like it's it's cool man just stick around long enough life I don't know it gets better and better it's nuts very good. Hey, so social media, I know you don't go by Thomas Harrell on uh, Yeah, on yeah. But. If you want to check out my real estate stuff, it's southbayrealhomes.com. Uh, if you ever want to go check out my website or help support me on Instagram, my YouTube channel, you know, or anything like that, please subscribe or follow me. It would mean a lot, and thanks. Yeah, if you know anybody on the West Coast here, anywhere in South Bay of Los Angeles for real estate, let me know. I would love. How to do you out. know so much about the area, man? Where do you come up? Like, I watch your videos. <laughs> you know, you know, your videos are like viral around with. Do you know this? <laughs> no, that, no. Oh, like it. Like I'm down in Florida still. The boys are talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. They love it. Everybody like, watches your videos. What is this dude doing? Yeah, honestly, man, I I just go wherever I can and try and make videos about stuff because that that's I don't know. I I guess that's the thing to do to get your name out and to get you know people to talk to you about this kind of thing. So honestly, like. I don't know. I, I've never been afraid to be embarrassed. So it's one of those things like it's uh, it's it's some it's it's uh, I don't know. It's either that or, you know, I don't I don't get the job done. So hopefully uh, hopefully it'll work out and I'll get some people to follow me or whatever on there. It's Very good. good. Hey, man, you will. You will. We're going to give if you're cool with it. As soon as we get off here, uh, you're going to give us one for my phone and I'll post it up on social media. I want you to give the Golden Mike podcast one Hell of your yeah. uh, South Bay videos. Hell yeah, for yeah. sure. Hell yeah. Tom Zarell, Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, a true legend, man. Thank you so much Dan, for being on the show, bro. Thank you, man. Thanks for everything. Seriously. All right, guys, we'll be back with more right here on the Golden Mike podcast, baby. Dig it. Oh, yeah. This episode would not have been possible without Active Water Sports, not just because they sponsored the show, but also because I was on my way to their annual Active Water Sports Evening with the Stars event when I recorded this very podcast. Active has over 35 years of water sports industry experience selling everything from wakeboards and skis to boats. 
They're dedicated to helping you make the best buying decisions possible to help fit your lifestyle and your budget. Head on over to www.activeawake.com to browse their massive selection. While you're there, check out their recently launched in-house line of locally made hand-shaped wake surfboards called Volume Surf. Also, while you're online, check out their YouTube channel for some really great video content both on and off the water. Active Water Sports, they take your fun seriously. Seriously, I want to give a big thank you to the legendary Thomas Harrell for stopping by, or rather, for letting us stop by his home in lovely Redondo Beach, California. If you guys are in that area or looking to move to that area, I strongly recommend looking him up. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all things real estate and solar power and pretty much anything else he puts his mind to, and who knows, he might even tell you a story from his times as a pro. As for me, I'm looking forward to spending a little time out of the water and up here in the north as we start the new year off. Now, I'm thinking about taking a week or two off to recalibrate before heading on over, but we've got the 2020 Chicago Boat Show where I hope to see my good friends, Eric and Mark Ruck and Brooks Wilson, Travis Robinson, Rick Skinner, Chris Sullivan. Those guys are there every year. I also where John Travers, Sean Murray will be there, maybe Danny Harf. I'm sure it'll be a great time and hope to see you guys all out there. After that, I'm headed to the Milwaukee Boat Show. Both weekends, you can catch me promoting Twin Lakes Corn Fest. That's right, guys. Twin Lakes Corn Fest, brought to you by Centurion Boats and Twin Lakes Marine, will be held this year on August 14th and 15th. It's a Friday and Saturday. We have two full days of on-water action, including the annual Feed on Fire North, our Trick Ski Showdown, Conley Freestyle Jump Royale, and even a Swivel Ski Showcase, plus all the corn you can eat, and that's all included in the price of admission. We have even more events happening on the water this year and off the water, including a corn-eating contest, a corn-shucking contest. Anyways, it's going to be epic. The event is held at Lance Park on beautiful Lake Mary in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. Yep, those are my stomping grounds. I recommend booking your accommodations now because they do tend to fill up fast. If you guys are interested in finding out more or want to apply to compete as an athlete or to work the event, just head over to tlcornfest.com and you'll find everything you need. The end of January, I'll be headed back down to Orlando, Florida for a rail jam with Step Up Productions downtown Orlando on January 25th. Pretty mellow February, but I'll be heading to Lake Tahoe near month's end for the WSIA Summit. It's the Wisconsin Think Tank and Water Ski Conference. And then March 12th through the 15th, I'll be in Cocoa Beach, Florida for the annual Billabong Wakeboard Rail Jam again with Step Up Productions. Thank you all for listening and an enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, Active Water Sports, WSIA, Wake Responsibly, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Boulder Boats, Masterline, Centurion Boats, Lead Wake, Slingshot, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlight, and Go Puck. Behind the scenes, special thanks to Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shabashevich on copy, and Rich Walsh 
on the sound. That's it. That's all for me, folks. Just a reminder, follow me on Facebook at the Golden Mike Podcast, on Instagram at Dano T. Mano. You can message me there or at Golden Mike at NoiseTheNorth.com. I love reading your messages, folks. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. Once again, as always, I am the Noise of the North. I'm Dan the Mano, and you can hear me next time. Once again, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.